Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Experts Podcast. Carmen Braywood, I have to change up my opening line. I've been doing this for 155 episodes by Mm. saying, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Experts Podcast. (laughs) It gets boring. Yeah, you should change it up. It does get boring. And if I was your media trainer, quick tip for those listening at home, never say everyone on any kind of broadcast because I should have told you this 150 episodes ago, I suppose. But when you say everyone, it makes me feel like you're not talking to me. So why don't you just say hello? Hello and welcome to the show. (laughs) Hey, we've got a very special treat for us. We've got a very special treat for the listeners today. Um, I don't think there's an executive producer or producer running around in this country that has the experience that this one does have. Mm. Um, He's been in the trenches uh, for a good decade plus and he knows stories. His name's Nick Alviani. He's the executive producer of Perth Live on 6PR. Welcome, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Carmen. Great to be with you guys. Mate, uh, thank you for coming on. I think this is going to be a great little podcast for those that just need to understand what it takes to get a story, particularly in a drive show that's very news orientated. It's, it's informing you. It's educating you. It's letting you know what's going on during the day. What do you look for in a story, Nick? Well, I think it's all about talkability. Uh, 6PR is a talkback station. And so when I'm looking for stories, I'm often thinking, will this get talk back? And what is that talk back going to be? So, but that's not to say you don't touch any news issues, because obviously when news breaks, you obviously still want to cover that. But that's not going to get you cause. Let's say there's been, I don't know, a stabbing at, at a shop or something. That's not going to get you caused, but it is informative and people need to know that. But then you've mm. got the other issues, the big picture issues, the stuff that sort of comes out of Canberra, the stuff that comes out of uh, state politics, where decision makers are making decisions that are going to affect people's lives, whether it might be tax cuts, whether it might be social issues. Uh, and people have opinions on these things. These are things that people go to the polls and vote on. So I'm always looking for stories that will get talk back, that will get the people to pick up and have their opinion on the radio. So the talk back is the pure measure. It is whether you're going to get reaction. But why? Why? Because are your listeners, are they, are you, are you being measured at work? Are you being measured by your uh, paymasters that it, it will depend on talk back as to whether this is a successful story or not? Not, not at all. So there's no. So let you could have a, a brilliant program where you go through and you might take two calls, and it's just been the way that the the program's gone, where there may have not been a lot of stories that have, but there's been informative, it's been a bit of fun and whatnot. But then you might have a program where you do very little content, but people have just picked up the phone and you've taken thirty or forty calls for the day. So there's no correct measure in terms of 
two cores is a bad show, 40 cores is a great show. That You can't measure a program based on talkback. However, because we are a talkback station, you want to engage the listeners. You want them to pick up the phone because what, if you're not a talkback station, you're not taking calls, then what, what's the point of calling yourself a talkback station? So we often, yeah, I mean, working with Ollie, for us, and, and he thinks very similar to, to me, we, we've got a similar mindset when it comes to talkback. We're looking for things that will get people to pick up the phone. Being a drive program, though, especially in Perth, it can be good and it can be bad. Because you're the drive program, you get the last pick of the story. So as a general rule at 6PR, we don't double up on, on topics, but sometimes you do. For example, yesterday, the Commonwealth Games stuff, Dan Andrews dropped all mm-hmm. that. Uh, it was covered in a broken breakfast, morning sort of covered it. They had Baz on, and then we had Roger Cook on, and you had to ask Roger Cook about it. So it's not to say you don't touch it. Obviously, you don't do the same interviews on the station uh, on the same day, but we – so that that's sort of a good – a bad thing, rather, uh, is the fact that you don't get to the first pick of it. But because we're the last drive show across the country, we can also see what everyone else has done and we can mm. go, oh, actually, that's been missed here. Let's take that. That's a good story and do it ourselves. So it's got its positives and its negatives. Um, and the other thing being a drive show is trying to find that balance between news, hard hitting, but also people who are done for the day. They're on their way home. They want to be informed. But I think they also want a bit of fun as well on their drive back home after a long day at work. Nick, I want to ask you what it's like to work with Oliver Peterson and get you to share a bit of insight into him so that our listener can understand, you know, how to pitch stories that'll get onto his show. But I want to comment first on on engagement. Like you say, there, there is quality to engagement. You know, just asking someone what's in their glove box will get the phone to ring on a radio station, right? But that doesn't yeah. mean it's especially good listening, right? So, you know, someone like yourself, Nick, you're disseminating between what is quality talk back and what's quality in engagement can you give us an example before we get deep into you know the stories behind oliver peterson uh, can you give us an example of some high quality talk back that you've had on the program in the past maybe you know it stands back beyond a bit more of what we talked about say yesterday yeah as you, you're right like you could throw any question out there when it comes to talk back what's in your glove box what's your favorite color and that'll get all eight lines ringing i mean it's, it's simple stuff but uh, you're right as a listener mm. do you want to go okay we've done you know half an hour of this and we're going nowhere but i think most of the quality sort of stuff comes when people give you know personal experiences like let's say for example Mm. medical marijuana was a big one a few years ago um and that was and then hearing people call up and say how it sort of changed their lives and people who previously may have been totally anti-drug being like no absolutely not and then they've had the experience of use of it and explaining how all of a sudden their back pain has cleared up and whatnot. Um, I think that those sort of personal stories that you hear from people is what you really want uh, in a talkback caller because then people listen to those stories and go, geez, how good's that? I wonder if this is something for me. Um, yeah, I mean, people when they talk about sort of, yeah, anything to do personally for me is, is just sort of quality talkback and people who sort of and, and I think one of the best things about talkback is people who then sort of draw on those experiences and then offer to help or, uh, you know, or do something that they've heard that and they want to sort of, it's almost sort of a community where they then want to help um, and whether it be, you know, go, someone's like had some houses burned down or something and they've offered mm. to help, you know, go, 
put up the fence or something. Something might, it might not be, you know, a total rebuild. It might be something minor, but it's something just to help them because they heard them on the radio and they've never, ever met them before in their lives. That's the sort of stuff that's, uh, I think, is the quality talk back element. I love that that you brought that up, Carmen, because it, it is so easy just to throw those little uh, clickbait-style content pieces. Like um, one of the great ones, I think you you, you know that talkback radio stations struggling when they want to jump onto the topic of cyclists, okay? Because you know everyone hates cyclists, and Not very everyone. few actually. You know, well. They, you can talk about whether they're sitting in their lycras at the coffee <laughs> shops or whether they're hogging the roads, but you know that it'll get the talk back running. Every six months you need to wheel out that story just to gauge yeah. the temperature, whether people still hate the cyclists. You still have to do it's it. up there with daylight month. saving. You've got to do that every now and then too. <laughs> and Australia Day and all of those little – but those topics, I suppose, in, in many ways, that they bring out the emotion, don't they? They bring out – the kind of, you know, uh, commentary that people, you can hear it in their voices that they actually are really either annoyed, they love it, or they can't stand it. Um, is Nick, I, I, I think just with talkback, though, is it the reality around that the talkback callers themselves are actually the program and it's not necessarily just the presenter and putting it out there? Is, are you looking to get those talkback callers in so that they are the program? Yeah, I mean, they're a strong part of the program, absolutely. Um, I, and I think we have a an effort, especially on Perth Live, to try and include people who, who don't call often because you've got to – we do have a large listener base, but only a small fraction of that actually pick up the phone to call. So there's a lot of people that are sitting in their cars that will, would have listened for 20-plus years and have never called mm. the station before, and they just enjoy listening. So when you get someone who you've never heard before, uh, it's a strong effort to get them involved because you want them to call again. You want them to feel like they're part of the program. Um, we gave a giveaway away uh, not long ago, and some bloke called in. Uh, he got through, won the competition, won a couple of tickets, and he said, first-time caller, never called before. And I was like, how good's mm. that? He sounded youngish. Um, and obviously he was enjoying what he was uh, listening to. But, yeah, I mean, the callers are a strong sort of aspect of the program. But, yeah, we have a sort of strong uh, emphasis on not – you don't want to hear the same voices either. Um, and I think that's also a key because some some listeners can be turn-off factors ultimately, um, just like some interview – some people you interview can be uh, turn-off factors as well. So we try and, uh, yeah, vary it up a little bit and, and are very conscious of the fact that if, if someone new is sort of called through and you've not heard their voice, try and get them involved in the program. All right. Let's move to the production stage of putting together Perth Live. You, 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 what time do you come into the office? What is your What do you step up to do? Is there a meeting that comes together? Just walk us through what that looks like before you go to air at 3 o'clock every Monday to Friday. So normally I'm in the office at about 10.30, um, I, but that's not to say work starts at 10.30. I'll get up, I'll be checking emails basically from the moment I wake up, straight to Twitter, check, see if there's any sort of obvious news of the day that I'm like, that's something that we're go obviously going to have to cover. Um, as I said, getting about 10.30 and that's from between 10.30 and midday, it's looking for stories, um, printing off anything that I think will be relevant uh, for the day. Then we meet at midday, and that's where we throw around ideas. Um, we're, 
pretty fortunate in the fact that we most days have some sort of regular contributor in some way. So whether that be on a Tuesday consumer protection day or there every fortnight, uh, come in and take calls about consumer issues. We do some drive related content on a Wednesday. Um, we've got the pub test on a Friday. So we do have regulars which helps fill out the program um, a bit more and just takes the workload off us um, a little bit. And that's not to say it's it's lazy. I mean, people might say it might be lazy, but it's what we consider those regulars as good content. And if we didn't mm-hmm. think it was good ton- content, we'd get rid of it. And we have made changes in the past where we've had regulars and it's sort of worked out well. And then as time has gone on, it's sort of run its course. And sometimes you've just got to go, yep, it's run its course. It's been great, but unfortunately it's not working anymore. So, um, so yeah, mo- about half the program's already done when you consider the um, regulars. So then it's, yeah, midday, pitching ideas. We're probably looking for about three or four stories ultimately. You want your top of hours um, ticked off, so 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock. Um, this year we've gone a little bit different off the top. It's just Ollie talking. Basically, because we are the last drive program of the uh, in the country, it's it's a wrap-up of the day. This is the what's making mm-hmm. news. So here we might play a bit of audio. Ollie might give an opinion on something. Um, it might be something a bit lighter, like yesterday there was the Fox News um, story where the, uh, the host, his mum caught up and embarrassed him on air. So it was a bit mm-hmm. of, when has your mum embarrassed you? Something a bit lighter, uh, but as well as talking about some <laughs> games as well. Um, so, yeah, that that's between 12. The meeting probably goes for about half an hour, and then we're on the phones from there going, all right, this is the story. Who are we going to talk to? Uh, sometimes it's very obvious who you're going to talk to, sometimes not as mm-hmm. obvious. Um, and that's where you rely on, you know, people you've previously spoken to. Oh, that's right. We've spoken to such and such about this. Will they have an opinion again on this? Um, and then once it gets to three o'clock, we're in the studio. Ollie goes on air. Uh, I get behind the phones. That's where I'm answering talkback callers. Um, also look after, you know, the rundown because the rundown changes. So you've got to keep that updated, make sure all the uh, information in there is correct. Um social media sometimes we do have someone now looking after that but yeah once we're sort of on air it's just basically answering photos getting up up phones rather and then calling the talents um when they need to go to air. Nick when you get a pitch in your email inbox ahead of that meeting at midday what does it take for you to decide yeah this is one I'm going to put in front of Ollie yeah I, I it's a good question I think it's about sort of is it news related? And I mean, that's not to say that anything that comes through the inbox, you know, it, it isn't news related because it might hold. It might sort of, you might go, all right, this this might not be for today, but this is something that we can sort of keep further down the track if we need it because it's not going mm-hmm. to, you know, expire in any way with, with news value. Whereas the other stuff you're sort of looking for day to day is, all right, this is news related. This is something that's happened today. Someone's got an opinion mm-hmm. on this or can give us some insight into why it's happened, explain the sort of situation, and that's when you go, yep, yeah, that, that's the sort of thing I want to pitch today because someone's sort of almost given us the answer. We, we know mm-hmm. that this person can talk about this issue um, and it sort of makes our life a bit easier because we go, all right, it's, it's fallen into our lap effectively. But as I said, if, if you were to pitch a story that might have some sort of long-term uh, element to it, I mean, don't take offence if there's no answer in the first, you know, five minutes or 24 hours. That sort of stuff holds. And so it might just, it might not be for that day, but it might be for something, you know, a week later. Um, 
a few days later or whenever it might be or may never happen. But that's ultimately mm. right. And I think that's something people need, like don't take offence. If, if your story mm. doesn't get picked up or if uh, it's a no, just don't, I mean, you can't take offence to it. It's just that mm. it may not fit that program. It may not fit the day. Um, and it may just not. It just may not be the. Fa- it may just be the fact that it's been a busy day and people can't fit it in. Like I would have hate to have been pitching stories yesterday with the Com Games announcement because that would have sucked the life out of everything yesterday. <laughs> oh, spot on. And but I, I think, and to your point, Calms, it's like when you're sending content through, um, you know, what catches their eye. You're, you're when you're in a busy, busy day of news, such as the the Com Games uh, story, you're not going to see the light of day, and that's not going to. And, and again, to your point too, Nick, ref, mm-hmm. that's not a reflection on your story. It's just that you've you just you've thrown you've dived deep into a very, very news heavy uh, lake of content. <laughs> I, I, I find though, Nick, is it do you when you're talking or when you're communicating with uh, a PR person or a business owner, though, what is it? though that actually catches your attention is it the subject line is it the the story of the day you mentioned is it newsworthy or is it news of the day but what 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 captures your attention well i think addressing the right show is always a good start <laughs> um because often you'll get the wrong show wrong presenter uh so that's never a good start so that, that that's sort of the first thing i'm looking for but also giving a bit of background so for example yesterday we were broadcasting from um, Optus Stadium ahead of the Tottenham game and a PR person reached out and she had noticed that we'd previously spoken about aluminium cups at the stadium and she reached out and said, hi, I've seen this article from three or four weeks ago. We've got this person who's launching a new campaign tomorrow in Perth about aluminium cups at the stadium. And I looked at that and I went, well, this is perfect because we're broadcasting Mm. from the stadium tomorrow uh, or we were broadcasting yesterday and all of a sudden this is like exactly what we want to talk about. So that straight away grabbed my attention. She'd gone back, she'd seen we'd previously spoken about the issue um, and had talent ready to go. And I, and we spoke to this bloke at about 5.30 yesterday, fit perfectly. We'd had the uh, Optus Stadium CEO on earlier talking about plastic cups and the trial of aluminium and whether they would do that. And then here was a bloke who they had trialled at over east and was now trying to get his cups into the state into stadiums here, and I thought that just worked perfect. That is absolutely perfect, and, I, and let's give an applaud. Who, who was the PR company? Who? I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> they they represent what's up. They represent who? What's up? What's up? W O S U P. Yeah. That well, there you go. The PR person wasn't rememberable, but the product was calm. That worked. Now, that's that good. is, you know, and that is that's a great lesson. It's that's job. a great lesson for everyone that mm. is that is listening today. Is that um, go back and have a listen to the program, consume the program that you want to be a part of, mm. because that tapped into Nick's already awareness around that this is a topic that we've discussed. Also tapped into his ego of the program, and the program mm. is this is something that we've covered before, um, and I want to add value to it. And I think that that's critical. That yeah. you're actually adding value and educating. I'll tell you one of my yeah, absolute never... bugbears, though, is when, when you pitch something and the talent is not available. Uh, that mm. is probably the biggest no-no uh, that any mm-hmm. PR company can sort of make is pitch mm-hmm. something and then all of a sudden they're not available. And, I mean, we can be pretty flexible um, on Perth Live in terms of time. And, and we understand, given that we are, 
two or three, well, two or three hours behind the East Coast, depending on what daylight saving or not. Uh, so we can be pretty accommodating. But when it's just like, oh, they're no longer available, like that sort of stuff is almost X. Like next time, don't bother pitching again because why put out a release mm-hmm. today? This is news value for today. And come 24 mm-hmm. hours later, nobody cares. To be yeah, it seems like yeah. behind the scenes there's this um, maybe overzealous or very good PR who knows what they want to do. They can see the opportunity, but that where it seems to fall down is is okaying it with the CEO or the talking head, the person who needs to be at the front of it and not getting their availability. And that's, yeah, it's so frustrating as a broadcaster and as a producer to get that kind of situation. So, yeah. Nick, that's one of those deadly no-nos. You've written people off in the past for that. Um, can I ask uh, Nick all about uh, his, you know, story now I want to know about you right you know tell me because it it is important for these PRs for businesses who want to engage your show they need to get to know you it's relationship as much as anything so you know I've seen your face around the six PR studios for a really long time now how long have you been there yeah well Nick said it off the top and it made me feel old he said uh, 10 years (laughs) I think it's 11 in September Uh, I I still feel like I'm 21 day one sort of (laughs) starting there Um, it's been been a sort of up and down journey um i was fortunate enough joe mcmanus um she basically got me the job there um she was the uh lecturer at WAPA. um john solvander who you guys now work with he was the program director at the time he must have picked up the phone and said to joe have you got someone in mind who can do this job she (laughs) said yep nick can do it um i walked in sort of i had a sort of interview it wasn't really uh, lucky enough to then sort of stick around, help the drive presenter at the time. I think I came back the next day. And then on the Wednesday, John called and said, you start Monday. So I was like, cool, all right. So, yeah, it was sort of all happened really quickly. Uh, but then I remember it was probably a month into it. I was on the bus home and I was like, I've got no idea what I'm doing. I was like, I'm just, I just don't know what I'm doing. I was so far out of my depth. I'd come from a real sport background. In my mind, I was just going to do sport and that was it. And here I was thrown in sort of the deep end of news and current mm-hmm. affairs. And I, I literally had no idea. Like if, if I, looking back, was to work with me today, <laughs> I would be like, he is so useless. Like why are we even <laughs> bothering with our time? With so, But I sort of stuck it through, um, worked with Howard for a bit and then eventually got moved to mornings when Gary Adsed came in for the um, 15th time or whatever it was, um, <laughs> and he <laughs> and I got to work with him and Shane. And that was really good working with those two, two real old heads, two news heads, um, and mm-hmm. I learned a lot in that sort of time when I was on mornings. I was there for about a year and a half, and that's where I really learned um, a lot about radio, sort of seeing how it worked. Shane used a lot of audio, which I sort of thought was really clever, um, he sort of cut up a lot of that um, and just working with Gary, he's just one of the best in the business. So uh, it was great to do that. Then eventually I got the opportunity to EP um, Drive when Adam Shand came across. Um, Andrew mm. Williams moved and went there. So I was there for uh, until he left and then Ollie came in um, and then I did Arvos for a year and now I'm back to Perth Live. So I've been with Ollie for all of his time at 6PR bar one year. Uh, and it's been, I, I love working with him. Uh, we think the same. Uh, it's a little concerning sometimes because we work so closely <laughs> together. You sort of almost, I don't know, merge into this, this 
same person. Um, yeah, you got like a bit of bro Does he invite you over to dinner, Nick? Does he invite you over to dinner? Oh, not to dinner, no, but he invites me to other things. If he gets uh, <laughs> tickets here and there, he'll say, do you want to be my one type thing? Uh, Amy can look after I've me. heard that you've actually house-sitted his house. His house. Oh. I did, and I did burn it down. Uh, but there was a point <laughs> where I had used the barbecue uh, and I had then gone to the races and I got a call from Molly and I thought, oh, my God, I've left the barbecue on this <laughs> burning down. And he, just because he called me out of the blue, I was like, oh, no. I was like, hey, mate, how are you? Because I just wanted to check in, make sure everything's good. I'm like, yeah, 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 everything's good, fine. Because <laughs> I just wanted to check in. And in my mind, I was like, straight away, the house is burning down and it's all my fault. But it was not <laughs> that uh, we had left the barbecue turned off, which was good. But, yeah, uh, that was looking after his house was uh, yeah, a bit of fun. Yeah. You're a producer, but... Have you had any ambition towards being a presenter? My next question also, uh, I can see it in you, Nick. Yeah, I don't really know. Sometimes I, I I would in a way sort of say I, I'm a bit lazy in a sense and I, I was just looking at an um, old Facebook memory. Uh, it was on, on the weekend and, and it was someone had posted on my wall that they'd caught up with Joe McManus and she said, oh, you know, he's a nice guy but he's a lazy little shit and needs to kick up the bum. Uh, and that was 11 oh, years wow. ago. And I think those words mm. sort of ring true even today. Um, I don't <laughs> know. I sort of do. There's times where I'm like, I'd be great. Sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, you know, not really. I don't mind sort of filling in on the pub test every now and then. Uh, but I don't know if it's sort of a major ambition of mine to be on air. Uh, but that's not to say, you know, I'll wake up tomorrow and like, all right, let's go all in. Hmm. Jeepers, who needs friends when they call you lazy 11 years ago and you're still uh, and they're still still coming up in your Facebook messages. Oh gosh, is, 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 do you reckon that is that holding you back in some way Nick? Is that definition of yourself was that how you saw yourself back then? Oh yeah, absolutely. And that was sort of and I think one of the things was I I I I had this sort of thing where I didn't want to move over east. Uh, mm. and that's where the opportunities were ultimately, moving over east. Uh, there's so many more radio stations there. There's so many more opportunities there. But in my mind, I wanted to stay in Perth. So from my sort of group of 20-odd from uh, the Whopper year, I was there probably, I don't know, 15 of them moved over east and I was one of the mm. few that didn't. Uh, and that's why it took me a little while to get a job because I didn't want to take that opportunity. Um, and that's sort of part of the whole sort of laziness thing is, is not taking those chances and and here I am sort of 10 years later at 6PR but you know had I gone over there who knows what things may have looked like mm. yeah I think what you do oh, look, have you're, Nick you're is the cutting edge yeah, of it his, you go you go Nick with a one scene okay go ahead <laughs> <laughs> oh, no I I love the fact that you've you've been around for as long as you have and you've been around with presenters that have had different styles and and have had also two different impacts on, on audiences here. But if, if there's one thing you can say definitely is that you're a consistent and constant uh, member of the 6PR team and the broadcasting team because there has been a lot of mixing and moving around. But I think at the end of the day, what has 6PR has done very well is that they've been constant to their audience. They respect their audience. They know who their audience is. How conscious of the audience is, is when, you're, when you're actually working is that 
you know what they are, who they are, and what they uh, what they want. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you you basically can you know exactly what the listener looks like um, at, at six pr. I mean, they're slightly older. Um, they're probably conservative, most of them, um, and so you. You're looking for stories that will affect them and that will sort of, you know, draw on those political beliefs. That's not to say everyone is that way that's mm-hmm. listening to 6PR, but you've sort of got a, a fair idea that, like, you're not going to be doing stories that affect an 18-year-old. Um, and, again, you might still do it because the people listening have kids, they have grandkids, so it affects them. But you sort of know you know the issues that will affect them as opposed to, might affect someone that's that's you know not listening. So everything you sort of do, you go all right. This is what the audience likes. This is what they want to hear, um, and that's always at the forefront of sort of the stories that we do. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say the takeaway for the expert who's listening, the person who wants to, <clears throat> excuse me, get on the radio and be heard on a radio station like 6PR or any of the stations in that talkback network is that the producers a lot of the time are like you, Nick, aren't they? You know, you're trusted to jump in on any show and that is because you've been there. You're kind of like part of the wallpaper of the joint, if I'm honest. You know, you, you're the very consistent part mm. of the station. The producers often have been there like you since they're quite young. I was a 21-year-old producing around um 6pr as well it's a great place to cut teeth so if you're trying to pitch stories don't miss out on the producer like really make sure you've, you're getting a good relationship with the producer people often make the mistake of listening to the show and just thinking oh yeah I'll, I'll try and get in touch with that presenter but that doesn't yield as good results does it Nick yeah because they obviously get bombarded with a thousand things as well so yeah. it's always good to and I mean we work in a team of three so three sets of eyes on an email, three sets of eyes on a story pitch as opposed to one. So I think that's a very good point is trying to um, to work with. And especially, and the other thing I'll say if you're pitching a story is is know the audience. It's, it's no good going to, you know, an FM station pitching a story about pensioners because it's not going to get picked up in any way. you got to know who you're pitching to um, because you're going to get results if you if you know the audience of that radio station or TV station or, or, or what, whatever it may be. Um, and, yeah, and there is, as you said, it, there can be high turnover of presenters. Um, it is a sort of mm-hmm. cutthroat industry and some things don't work out. The big wigs make big decisions. So producers tend to probably stick around a little more. Um, I'm just trying to think. I've been there 10 years. Shane Douglas, who's the morning's presenter, he, uh, producer, he's been there 25, maybe 30 years. 25 years, yeah. yeah. One of the longest-serving um, producers. Who else is uh, Tracy Trichet has been at 6PR for a while. Mm. Um, so there's a few of us that have been there sort of in double digits and, you know, sort of know the fabric of the place uh, and know – you know what my well there you go calms you know what presenters they can come and go but Mm -hmm. producers they (laughs) are the constant i love that and it's it's important for it's important for consistency it's important for the audiences to know that and and that's one thing that you know when you have got uh change over because listeners don't like change Mm -hmm. but if the producers can support that and can actually you know bring that into a program that does have and still has that sort of thing that they you know they recognize and can still hold on to it's so important Mm -hmm. hey Nick Alviani you've just you've blown my mind a little there mate you've uh you're guaranteed now a seat at meet the media next year for the (laughs) 2024 
uh, at down at the Australian Institute of Management. Love to have you there because we've had Ollie, we've had Michelle, and uh, oh boy, we need Nick Alviani. Mm. Um, Nick, if there was just a couple little quick, you've given us some hot tips for listeners to on how to pitch, but um, anything really particularly hot that you can give a listener right now, the best piece of advice Nick Alviani can give to any listener <laughs> that's looking to engage the media? Well, I think it goes back to what I, the point I made before. If you're going to pitch something, make it relevant to the day uh, and, and sort of give us a reason why. Why yep. is your opinion and, and what why you want to be on air important and, and going to be uh, better than anyone else and make sure you're available. If you've sent out a release or something on the Monday morning, be available Monday. You know, make time. Right. Uh, yes, obviously life gets in the way, work gets in the way. Uh, but if and but I think most programs are flexible, whether it's a pre-record, whether it's a change of time, just do not completely rule out the fact that I'm unavailable for the rest of the afternoon because mm. that, as I said, is a big no-no um, and can get producers and shows offside. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful work. And uh, who's been the best presenter that you've worked with? Uh, <laughs> all of them. Uh, <laughs> all of them. Come on, Nick. Don't sit on the so fence. Risky. Been with, I've been you wouldn't with get Ollie. on my show if you wouldn't get on my show if you're gonna sit on the fence. I've I've been with Ollie for uh six odd years. And as I said, we now think the same. We tell the I, right answer. some of the stories I've heard from him, I have heard about sixteen times. And so now that we've got Victoria working with us, he's wheeling mm. out the same horrible stories yeah. that I've heard that many times. I just headphones in and be like, Yep, heard this story for the Millions. Uh, basically, we the same. We tell the same terrible jokes. Mm. Like it's yeah. I've I've enjoyed my time working with Ollie, and I guess you don't stick around for six odd years uh, if you don't enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, good answer, okay. and well done. I'm glad you went with Oliver. It's a good thing you went with Oliver Carmen because uh, that would have been trouble. Because Oliver does listen to this show, and uh, you, yeah. yeah, you might He's be finding it. You might need to get your resume, Nick, ready together for the ABC or something like that if uh, if you went the other way. I actually don't think I've got a resume. I've been at 6PR that long. That I, <laughs> I, I don't, it would literally have one thing on it, 6PR, 10 years. Like, that's it. <laughs> well done, Nick. Hey, Nick, thanks for joining the Experts Podcast. If people want to get in contact with you and they want to pitch a story to you, what's the best way to do it? Yep, via email, nick.elviani at nine.com.au. That's N-I-N-E. Beautiful. Nick, uh, well, Carms, what a, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a way to, to listen to one of, uh, well, Western Australia, if not Australia's longest-serving producer in the Nine Network. Uh, well, particularly from Drive, we know we, we mentioned Doug O and uh, hmm. uh, Tracy Trichet, but uh, Nick doing some good things uh, on Drive uh, Perth Live. Yeah, definitely good person to have on your radar. Like most of the producers, if you can get to know them, they are the people who are trusted around the radio station. And if they've got your favour and you've got theirs, yeah, good things can happen. Beautiful work. Well, thank you, Nick, for joining us. Uh, thank you for listening. And we look forward to having your company next week when we talk to another media or another expert. Ta-ta. You've been listening to The Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.